this is Erin. And this is Jessica. And this is episode 122 of the Double Knit Podcast. Hello, we are back from the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> November and December kind of devoured our lives. Yeah. But we're back. Yeah. Oh. And I was just telling Jessica, like, after the election, I didn't feel like recording, so that was November. Yeah, and for me, December was uh, moving our store to a new location and retail in and December. Doing retail so, in December, yeah. yeah. So that's what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the road to recovery. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's start with Cardi Party because yeah. that's been a while. I locked the thread a couple days after the deadline um, and I drew prizes this morning and um, I will ping everyone on Ravelry to get your shipping addresses. I picked some um, prizes up at KnitFit. So it's all local Seattle oh, stuff. Cool. So Dutch Girl 63, I got you a little shawl pin. Aww. Isn't that pretty? Yeah. I think it's like um, abalone or mother pearl kind of thing mm. from Seattle Sky Dye Works and then Dagger 51 hello Dagbar um, <laughs> a set of snagless stitch markers also from Seattle Sky Dye Works and cool. they have these pretty um, like little dark cream. green gray beads on them and it's a little scissors yeah um, one for like the beginning of round marker and Jen's Knits um, you won a skein of hazelnuts artisan sock Ooh. in a new color. Last Ooh. time I checked, she didn't have it on the website called Misty Mountain Hop. And it's kind of a gray purple. It's very, very pretty. I want to keep it for myself, but I did not buy it for me. So did I tell you like halfway through like this many, many moons ago when Lord of the Ring, Fellowship of the Ring came out, like we're watching it mm -hmm. and they said something about the Misty Mountains and I had to like have Wes like pause the movie like, wait a minute and like <laughs> wait like let's out and then i had to like go back and be like wait Mordor, Misty Mountain, like go through all the Led Zeppelin references to Tolkien that I'd always known Led Zeppelin, yeah. but I didn't know Tolkien. So oh. I was like, what? That's crazy. That's <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. A little tangent there, but that's what I always think of when I hear Misty Mountain. <laughs> so um, I will ping everyone on Ravelry. And then if you could send me your mailing addresses, I'll get them in the post office. So they will. Yeah. So it's past. Christmas, so it should not be as crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, the new issue of Stranded Magazine came out in the beginning of December, and right. I have a sock pattern, among other things, in it, uh, called Taslina, and it's a sport weight sock with the cable eyelet pattern. Um, they're now on size twos, so the whole issue is undyed and natural yarns, mm -hmm. so it's all like shades of cheap basically um but i did interview matthew gilbert who's the owner of the mendocino wool and fiber um mill uh about shearing so if you're interested in that I so that's that like, i mean it's not that new at the, i mean it was like maybe like four it's not hasn't been opened yet he's been working on it okay a lot i of, remember hearing about it a long time ago yeah um there are a lot of issues with the city it's in ukiah which is my hometown in northern california and uh small town politics <laughs> and issues where no one knows what anyone else is doing in the city. And so there were lots of zoning issues and permitting issues that seemed like they were just circular, mm -hmm. you know, go see someone do this thing. And then that person tells you to go see the original person mm -hmm. type of deal. But, um, he's actually doing construction oh, and, uh, it looks like he should be up and running this coming year, awesome. which is not that far away. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I wanted to say, I talked to Wendy of Hazelnuts, and she is opening a retail space in yeah. South Seattle that's going to house cool. her dye house. Um, so I'm really excited for that, and that should be opening this coming year, too. Mm -hmm. Very exciting year. Yeah. Very exciting. I mean, for some things. Yes. <laughs> um, but let's talk about knitting. Okay. I don't have um, anything on the needles. So I'm going to, like, so. edit this down, like, a lot. Okay. I'm not going to mention... I think I mentioned... Well, I did the Recart Cowl, Cowl by Miggy Bursal, which was, um... Which originally was done as, like, an Instagram... Oh, you were working that last time. So I finished that up. I did the Beaufort Hat by Angela Hahn, which is a really quick, 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 quick worsted weight lace. It's, like, kind of a swirling lace. Um, really fast knit. Um, I knit, um, I did, I just had a moment where I'm like, I'm just going to pull something out of my stash, find something to knit with it and knit it. 
So I grabbed out um, some Casha Roja that I bought at the stash sale at my knitting retreat, I think last year. And I knit an Adama cowl by um, Hilary Smith Callis, which is one of her sort of, uh, my friend calls them like scowls. The It's sort of like scarf shawl cowl oh, oh, the big ones so like they're like kind of circular but you start by knitting them flat like you're knitting a triangular shawl okay. and then you join them so they just sort of stay in that sort of but it's a little bigger than a cowl it kind of fits over your shoulder yeah so um and that came out really beautifully um and was a really quick knit because it's in worsted weight oh. so i haven't done like a like these worsted weight lace projects i'm like oh my gosh you like cast on and then you're done it. boom um and then i did it again i just grabbed a skein or a couple skeins of wolf oak far which i got i don't even remember when and knit a gray haven cowl by robin ulrich which is another really simple sort of um cathedral lace pattern cowl no interesting shaping on that just and then for the, gosh, we haven't recorded in a long time because for my retreat in November, I wanted oh something really easy to knit. <laughs> so I grabbed my, uh, this first skein of Kitchen Sink Dye Works yarn that I bought. Wow, that's not at available the first anymore. first Sock Summit. Wow. Yes. That was, do you remember first Sock Summit? Like everybody had the same um, merino bamboo blend. Like every, oh, suddenly it was everywhere. So yeah. I bought some from Mercedes and I had a skein of it forever and I knew it wouldn't make decent socks because of the bamboo makes it too slouchy right so i knit close to you by justina lurkowska mm-hmm. um which is a freebie on ravelry it's one of those super it's sort of hitchhiker-esque it's really simple same like just maybe i can't remember it's like an eight row pattern but it's really really basic it's just garter with like a little lacy edge mm-hmm. um but easy 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 perfect social knitting because like once you've done the first you know two repeats of it you're like i got this and then you just go um Came out really cute like that. And then at the retreat, someone had thrown into the free bin, like a, an, an almost completed scarf still on the needles <laughs> with like, they, had, they must've been real frustrated with this. That was a skein of, um, Chopal gradient, which mm. I love. Cause it's that, you know, it's those great kind of Chopal, um, like Zauber ball, um, color repeats, but it's in that like worsted weight felted merino single. Oh, yeah. And I love knitting with it because it doesn't split. It's not fuzzy. It's just like, it's a dream to knit with. Um, so I thought to myself, I was like, okay, can I challenge myself? Cause I like to, for my show and tell at the retreat, I always try to show things I've knit with yarn. I got from other people there. Mm-hmm. So like I wanted to show the Adama cow cause I got it from someone there and I thought, can I finish something with this in time to show it at show and tell oh, the same, the same, same time. year. Yeah. So okay. that was my challenge. So I knit trust me, which is another Louise S Bangham pattern. Um, that's kind of fun construction where you basically knit like a center strip and then you're essentially knitting, um, like two connected mitered squares to create a cowl. Um, and I finished it like I was like knitting the final stitches while they started show and tell. So I got to show that, which was really fun. Um, I've been working on my super bulky log cabin blanket where basically I like find yarn for it. I dye yarn, I knit them. And then I'm like, mm, I think I need more. And then I find more yarn. I dye it. I knit it. So now I'm in the need to find more yarn for it. Uh, so right now I've got, I think, 25 squares. And the squares are one foot square. So I was trying to decide, like, would a five foot square blanket be satisfying enough? Or do I want to go for, like, mm. six by five? Or six by, or six by four be too skinny? Yeah. So I'm not really sure right now. Um, and I also don't know how much yarn I'm going to need to like put it, I haven't even thought about putting it together and how I'm going to do that. Cause I don't want to make it I'd like do any joining until I really know what, what I'm going to end up with. And yeah. so because all the edging yarns, like there's millions of different batches and some of them are really black and some are kind of blue and anyway, so it's going to be a big mishmash, but I've been working on that a lot. Um, and then I did a lemon whimsy hat, which is a really cute color work pattern on Ravelry that has like a little slip stitch kind of swag detail on it and then dots oh, cute. and finished with a little pom pom, um, which is another, which I did in Cascade 220. So that one was again, like, like lightning. And then the last thing I finished was Hamel knit with, oh, I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. So Wes is like way into Hamilton. Like many people. Yes. Like many people. And I saw this hat maybe like two weeks ago. And I'm like, ah, crap. Now I got to knit that. <laughs> so I like ran across the street to, to bad woman and got the yarn for it. And, um, and it's, it's basically like the, the, like kind of like the titles or lyrics from all the songs. 
just running around the hat. So it's one of those really, I mean, it's just almost like knitting an intarsia hat. Like every stitch is different. You know, so yeah. you're just following the chart stitch by stitch by stitch. Kind of slow, a little bit of a drag. Not my favorite way to knit. Um, but I finished it. Yay. Yay. Um, and the, actually, so I bought a, a skein of staccato to knit that with for like the golden color. But for the black, I pulled out a skein of yarn that I think is the oldest yarn that I have that I purchased myself. Oh my goodness. Like I might have yarn that's older that I got from someone else's stash, but it's a skein of Jaeger matchmaker four ply that I bought when I took a class with Susanna Hansen on beaded cuffs, probably... 15 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> so you feel like really good. Yeah. It. I was like, wow, you're real old. Okay. I'm going to, but I, and then of course, since it's a color work hat, I didn't use the whole skein, even though it's only a 50 gram skein. I probably used yeah. like a third of it. Yeah. Cause color work just doesn't use that much. Yarn. It doesn't. Um, okay. So who, and then right. I'm casting on a pom pom chevron hat, which is a free pattern on Ravelry. Oh, for fingering this? this is from Sophie's toes. And it was part of a pack that I bought at Stitches Midwest oh, yeah. several years ago. And no, so this was, is kind of, um, a bunch of like brownie, goldeny shades, mm-hmm. but it was part of a pack that most of the other ones were kind of mossy greeny ones. Oh, so they okay. kind of, well that makes sense. And for the longest time I held them like, I'm going to somehow use these all together. And yeah. now I'm trying to like let, let go. go. So I just, I'm using that. And then, Ooh. yes. So that's what I'm doing. All right. How about you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I said I would try to keep that short, but I still, that was still one. <laughs> no, for a while. that's fine. <laughs> um, so for Cardi Party, my official finished sweater was Belmont, which I wore mm-hmm. to Knit Fit. And thank you for all the nice compliments yeah. on it. It's um, a pattern from Shetland Trader Book 2 by Goodrin Johnston. It's knit in fingering weight. I used Plucky Knitter Primo Fingering that I bought at the second Sock Summit in uh, the trusty rusty color so it's like a burnt orange with some black over it it's really pretty um and i love it and i think sock weight fingering weight sweaters are my favorite yeah (laughs) knit them on uh, size four it's not too bad um had some issues with the yarn which i if you were reading the cardi party thread everyone had issues this year i'm sorry i know i I I don't know if it was like stress from the election (laughs) was bleeding into everyone's knitting or what but um yeah i had a bunch of slubs and knots and all kinds of stuff and then didn't you Um, have one that was just like crazy that you couldn't wind yeah it took it took multiple hours and i think didn't it. jean have the same issue with plucky yeah and, and i, I had a, sort knot of a, in a it. known plucky issue it had a knot in they, it mm. my view is that if it's luxury yarn it should not be like that <laughs> if it's like i mean 30, the occasional knot like, yeah you know i can but like i, I understand wind it on my swift but the fact that like when they miswind it and you can't and you have to like it's a huge hissy yeah bit, I, to that, that to me really makes me crazy too it took me two different evenings because i got so fed up with it and i was just like ah! <laughs> yeah um that shouldn't happen and i love the color and i love the finished sweater yeah and i want to knit that again with a non-superwash yarn because you know superwash it just kind of bleh and i still like it i think but... what aaron hand gesture is like it kind of grows it yeah kinda, yeah yes. bags out a little yeah which is fine. I mean, it still looks nice, um, but I am not. I now prefer non-superwash yeah. yarn. Well, I remember sweaters. even at Sock Summit, you asking Plucky like, "What fingering weight do you have that's not superwash?" Yeah. And being like, "Oh no, everything we have is superwash." And I remember you going like booth to booth to booth, going, "No one had what him. fingering weight do you have that isn't superwash?" And everyone's like, "It's all superwash." Yeah, and that mm, that was a real struggle to find. It. <laughs> I disapprove. Yeah, although I mean, one thing like I know Wendy from Hazelnuts will point out that. Um, Non-superwash wool doesn't take color the way that superwash does. Yeah. You can't get those really vibrant colors that I think a lot of knitters have come to expect yes. that things look a little more dull yeah. in uh, non-superwash. But it's so much better for wearing, mm-hmm. like to wear. And then yeah. if you have a lace pattern or anything like that, it really um, doesn't get all droopy. Yeah. My two cents. Totally. Also, Amy Herzog's, because I asked her about it when I took her yes. class there. I was like, how do you... Because a lot of her sweaters are not in superwash. Yeah. I think that's her preference. So, my two cents. Also, I was knitting on a sample or a test knit for Andy, and she has since released the pattern. It's called a Wainthrop with two Ps, and it's a cardigan in worsted weight yarn and her usual top-down method, and it's a crop sweater 
with horizontal lace um, kind of stripes. And I love it. I need it on oh, a Cascade great. 220. Um, Good old Cascade 220. Yeah. And it's in like a heather, dark green, like kind of heathery black color. So it goes with a ton of stuff I already own. Yeah. Um, and I just slapped some black buttons on there that I had. But I've worn it um, probably every week since I finished it. I I love all my sweaters that I've knit in 220. I I think they, they wear really well. Mm-hmm. I think, like, they hold their shape really well. Yeah. Um, they're And they're a good weight for our climate. Like, they're warm enough, but they're not, like, yeah. really huge and thick and heavy. So yeah. I know it's, like, not the sexiest yarn to say that you're no. knitting with, but it's That's a workhorse so yarn, good. and it, it's really good for um, anything that has any type of stitch pattern because mm-hmm. it works well. Yeah. with those. So I love that sweater. And then I made up a kind of a yoke, circular yoke cardigan, um, out of random stuff I had, which I still have to put buttons on. Um, so a long time ago I had knit a cardigan by Cecily Glock McDonald out of Nordique, which is now discontinued. Oh, yeah. This is Veronique Avery's like North American made yarn. Yeah. It's a sport weight. And I frogged that cardigan. Um, so I reused that as the main color, and then I used some chickadee in two different colors by Quince and Company for the yoke, and some recycled Angora blend that I bought a thrift store sweater and like washed oh, it. Oh wow! And, like, so that's like kind like of a dusty fo- blue bohus with a little Angora yeah. yoke. Yeah, so Fun. it's like dusty blue, kind of a dusty blue color, um, like a mossy yellowy scummy green yellow that I like and <laughs> um, like a pewter or like a gunmetal gray mm-hmm. and then this white with the fuzz and I just made up the color work chart as I went using the easy percentage method for the yoke um cool. and that turned out pretty well and I used up all of the main color yarn in most of the angora because I also use that for a different project oh, great. um I just need to throw some buttons on it but I, have to, I don't have the right color of gray buttons so yeah um so that's three cardigans Woo-hoo. yeah uh although you know you're only net two cardigans because you ripped one out yes <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh, last time i was working on um jaywalker socks yeah i finished those yeah like before halloween and i wore them i wear them mm-hmm. they're cool and i used uh miss babs yummy two ply and some socks that rock for the contrast and I talked about all the mods and stuff I did for it mm-hmm. so that they fit over my feet or my instep because they're supposed to be tight or they're tight if you just knit them per the pattern. Mm-hmm. I knit a slipper pattern by Hunter Hammerson called Excursion. And I used Bumble Birch, her worsted. Mm-hmm. It's either, I think it's Forage maybe. I'm sorry, Sarah. I don't remember. <laughs> um, and it's in like a honey yellow color. And the slipper isn't it? It's like a little shorty slipper. So you start at the back of the heel and then you do some increases for the foot. It's all kind of in one piece Mm -hmm. um, with no seaming. And then you kind of form it around the foot and then you graft the toes together and it has a little cable pattern. They were, they're cute and you can use multiple weights of yarn. So I grabbed the, that skein of worsted that I wanted to use, Mm -hmm. but you can use them like pretty much anything you have in your stash. I think like sport to Aaron, maybe. Um, I hadn't knit one of her patterns before. I did not have a hard time, but I feel like if you are a newer knitter, it would be difficult to follow what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole foot part is charted, so you have to be able to read charts. Yeah, she's definitely not a pattern writer for novices. Just in, yeah, generally her and, patterns tend to be really complex in terms of like texture and lace, and I mean. Yeah. She's not going easy on you with the pattern writing. <laughs> no, and she's pretty wordy, like, um, like kind of block paragraph instructions mm. out of line by line. So if that, I mean, depending on how you like your patterns, because right. people, people like different things, I would say also like not beginner friendly. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you've knit like a sock or a pair of slippers before, you'd probably be fine. Yeah. Um, and I've been wearing those around the house. And that Audrey, a pair of slippers... Mucklucks by Tin Can Knits. Oh, yeah. I like their little muckluck pattern. Yeah. Um, and I used also some old yarn. Um, so they, you start at the foot, and you knit, like, the foot part, and then you pick up around the ankle and knit the top up. Okay. 
and the top has, like, the part that goes around your ankle has color work, a big color work pattern in it. Mm-hmm. And they're sized from, like, all their patterns, from baby to adult, large adult. And I use, what did I use? Malabrigo Gruesa that I oh, found yeah. another pattern that's discontinued. It's, like, a heavy worsted white Aran, white yarn, and I use teal, whatever the teal color is. Oh, with the, I, uh, I don't remember. No, not as old profundo. Oh, they've got a bunch of different ones. Yeah. So use teal, and then I use this, like, neon pink Shalimar yarn that I won called Love Potion. I think it's Love Potion number nine. It's, like, neon, <laughs> neon pink. She chose those colors. So, like, <laughs> tealy blue and neon pink. Oh, but she loves them. And then, so you knit the foot, then you do the color work pattern up. And then you knit a sole separately, and you sew it on the bottom, oh, so the okay. sole is double thick, which I thought was kind of a pain in the butt, because I didn't want to sew something, the sole on after the entire slipper was yeah. done. So if I did them again, I would knit the foot part, then do the sole, mm-hmm. so it'd be easier to get in there oh, and I sew see. it on. Yeah, better access there. Yeah, and then do the top part of mm-hmm. the slipper. That's yeah. good to know. Yes. But they're fun, and they're super easy, very clear pattern. And I just finished Decca by Rachel Coopy. It's a sock pattern from Coop Knit Socks Volume 2. And then it's a Madeline Tosh sock. I lost the label for it. I had wound it a long time ago to oh, start, yeah. st- start something and then changed my mind. So I don't know what color it is, but it's like <laughs> a ready orange color. Um, and I really like this pattern. It has... Um, some twisted stitches, but not a ton. So it starts with like ribbing kind of on the sides with a main lace panel that goes down the front of the sock and the back of the sock. And then partway through the leg, you stop doing the ribbing on the side. So it's mm-hmm. just stockinette with the lace panels. Um, it's really p- pretty and it's like a, is it a six, six or eight row repeat. Oh, okay. and it's wide, but so once you have it set up, it. it's easy to read. So I didn't really have to, um, like, carry the book around with me, except mm-hmm. for the setup rounds. So those were fun. And they, they're size larger. So instead of most sock patterns are, like, 56, 64, 72 stitch cast-ons, mm-hmm. this is 64, 72, 80, I want to say. Oh, wow. okay. So, because she has them um, photographed on men in the book, so it's, like, a medium, like, average woman woman's fit, whatever mm-hmm. average is. Um, to like a man's oh, size. Okay. So if you're looking for men's socks, I would definitely like sock patterns. I would definitely, um, take a look at that. And I think there's one plain sock in it, like a vanilla sock and all the rest of them are patterned. So mm-hmm. they have, there are a lot, there's lots of cables. I think there's a color work sock and a lot of lace. So yeah, I finished, I finished all that stuff. Alright. It's a lot. And then I'm working on a sample, which I can't talk about. Yes. I started a pussy hat for the pussy hat project. Yes. If you don't know what that is, uh, you should look it up. Yes. <laughs> um, basically, you're knitting pink hats for the Women's March in Washington. So I want to knit a few of those and send them off before the deadline. Mm-hmm. I think I can do it. I think you can too. And then I knit a little bit on my Spectrum because I was using the Halloween colors from Nano Stitch Lab and it's like way past Halloween. <laughs> I got to the very last chunk of it. Um, so it's almost done. I'll probably finish it up. I'm trying to like get my needles clear before the new year because it feels really good. And I don't usually have a lot of whips on the needles, mm-hmm. so it's it's not that hard for me. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to start something new like on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I don't know. I was, like, really feeling the sweater bug, but then I knit, like, three cardigans. <laughs> and I'm just like, ugh, what do I want to knit? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, right. Have you been reading anything? I did. Okay, we read um, just what I've been doing for my book club. We read The Interestings by Meg Wallitzer, um, which is about a group of friends who meet at summer camp in 1974. Um, and they're kind of a, a mixed bag of some extremely privileged kids and some not... And just sort of where their lives take them. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, her writing is really good and really engaging. <clears throat> the, you know, it's not a book where like tons of like really big dramatic things happen. It's just more about like 
this is what life is like. Um, and a lot of different lives because they end up, <clears throat> excuse me, leading like extraordinarily different lives. Um, but I enjoyed that one a lot. And we kind of, as a group, all didn't really have much negative to, to say about oh. it. Um, we all really liked it. And, when, and it was interesting to discuss too, because there was a lot of different characters and there was a lot of things of like, and what about this? And what about that? So it worked well as a book group book. And now we're reading, um, Americana, um, which is, um, American, like American and then ends in AH. And I forgot to write down the author's name. Um, it's a Nigerian American author. Um, and I, I can't remember her name right now, but, um, but it's, I've, I'm only maybe about 50 pages into it. It's, it's about, um, a Nigerian woman living in America who's made the choice to return home and she's spending the day at, um, at a hair salon getting her hair braided and mm-hmm. you're just sort of following kind of her mental wanderings of like things from her childhood and people in her life. And then it sort of ends up, it's not just all in her head though, because then you end up, you know, she's thinking about like an old boyfriend. So then you're sort of, then you have a chapter where you're kind of seeing the old boyfriend and what's going on with his life and her childhood. That's interesting. It just sort of travels around a lot. It starts out immediately. At first I was like, not sure I was going to love it. Like, or I I don't know. I I think I had read something that gave me a a certain impression of it, but like just right off the bat, the first page or two, it had like a certain like kind of sass and snark to it where I'm like, okay, I'm going to like this. (laughs) And it's just, it's the writing is really fantastic. And, um, and the characters are really interesting and I'm just really curious to see where, where she's going to go with it. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, it was really fabulous so far. So I'm excited to finish that one up, but that's all I've done. Yeah. How about you? Um, I am reading very good Jeeves by PG Wodehouse, which is the last of the Jeeves books. Aww. No, just picked it up like at the used bookstore for me. He was like, this was a dollar. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, which, you know, is funny. Really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying it. I read the Emily series by Ellen Montgomery after the election stuff. I just needed like really sweet, nice things to read. This is Emily, Emily of New Moon, Emily Climbs, and Emily's Quest. So it's like a three book series, kind of Anne of Green Gable style, where you follow Emily from when she goes to live at New Moon because her father's passed away with some of her mother's family, um, spinster aunt and uncle. <laughs> Um, and like her meeting friends and adjusting to life in a new place. And then like her going to school and then her trying to become a writer kind of thing. So it's like sweet and nice and, (laughs) you know, not too challenging, not challenging, (laughs) soothing, you know, I needed that kind of a a hot mug of hot cocoa kind of book. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. And they're really easy to read. They're like, less than 200 pages each or something. And then, and I'm reading No Baggage by Clara Benson, which is a nonfiction book. I participated in this kind of, um, it was a Facebook kind of chain letter thing, but it was with books. So I keep getting random books in the mail (laughs) and you're supposed to send someone your, one of your favorite books. Um, which is weird to see what other people's favorite books are. I'm like, (laughs) really? Uh, So it's about a young woman who meets this guy and, and they live in, I think in Austin, Texas. And three weeks after they meet, they decide to go travel in Europe and Turkey. Well, they're in Turkey right now and getting ready to leave with no luggage or baggage or anything. So they're just wearing, she has a small purse and they just wear the clothes that they have with a couple pair of extra underwear, like their passport and a little bit of money and they just go. And so the guy has done this before and he just relies on like, there's like a couch surfing website, I guess, where you can just like say, Hey, I need a place to stay and I'm in the city and people will invite you or his friends that he's met in other travels to, to be able to sleep places. Huh? So I have mixed feelings about it and I have, it's the genre of book <laughs> that it is, which is like middle-class white people yeah, kind of going for, to find themselves in yes. other countries and doing these crazy things, but they have like support systems. Right. They have a safety net. Right. Um, and I like the young woman 
Clara. I like her. And she has just recovered from, from some kind of mental health, like, white girl middle class breakdown thing because she, like, lost her shit in college or whatever. Um, I like her, and the writing is good. It's just, like, this this issue with yeah. the genre that it is. Yeah. Um, I'm like, the guy, I don't know. They've only known each other for, like, a month. And they're traveling all over the place. And I was like, that doesn't really seem safe to me, for yeah. one. Like, I like the I like the adventurous spirit of it. I like mm-hmm. the idea of it. But, like, she doesn't know him all that well. Yeah. Maybe that's supposed to be part of the allure. To me, that's just freaky. Yeah. Um, and so he had, he told her up, like, up front that he went through a divorce and he has a daughter. But that also he's been living in his office for six months or something, which is sketchy to me yeah. <laughs> as a person. Like, I don't know that I want to travel with that person. Yeah. It's I don't know. Too, since you like, you're all about like getting rid of the stuff. Yes. So then there's then someone I don't feel like stuff sh- and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> too far. <laughs> too far. Uh, yeah. I don't think that living in your office is appropriate no. if you're a middle-aged man. No, no. <laughs> or woman, no. for that matter. Yeah. And I understand there are sometimes circumstances that require that, but it sounds like he's just doing it to do it. It's like Jewel living in her van to experience it. I don't like it. Yeah. And Jewel the singer from the yeah. 90s, if yeah. you don't know who that is. <laughs> so I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. I'm going to finish it. Um because I do like her descriptions of the places she's going and how mm-hmm. she's dealing with all the uncertainty um, of this kind of travel after, um, you know, having a nervous breakdown, basically. So, wow. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a, so I have a huge stack of books to read from this uh, book exchange type thing oh, that cool. I did. So, yeah, I'm trying to make more time for reading because I haven't been doing that much, mm-hmm. so... Movies, I know you have a huge list. Oh my god, I, have I think we've seen list. some of the same things. Okay, so I, I tried to make a note. Okay, things I've seen in the theater are Fantastic Beasts. No, no. Wait, oh, right, you're not a Harry Potter person. Anyway, no. it's Harry Potter esque. It feels kind of like a trailer for the other movies that are coming up in the series. It's cute, nothing great. Went to see Moana. Which, I saw that, which I loved. I loved it too. That was great. I it mean, was great. I, my friend Dale. I've mentioned before, he works for um, Disney Animation Studios, and he does special effects, so, like, he did the snow in Frozen, and he was doing water effects for Moana. Which, so. there are lots of water effects. Yeah. I was really impressed by them. But it it's just really cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great, it's a fun story. It's, I mean, I just, I have nothing bad to say about it. The yeah. music is, uh, is, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, for people who like Hamilton, did some <laughs> of the music on it. They made a really huge effort to... Um, learn and incorporate a lot about Polynesian culture and yes. use Polynesian musicians and songwriters to incorporate that into the story. You've got uh, a heroine where there is no romance. No love story. No love Yay! story. She is able to go on her quest and succeed without, without a boy, without ever romance, being rescued, yeah. without ever falling in love. And she rescues her dang self. That's right. Yeah. Yes, she does. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Super cute. I really liked the traditional dancing that was incorporated. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of the Polynesian, I mean, the, just the way they they wove in as much of and the And the culture. texture of the clothes was really mm-hmm. interesting. They had a lot of woven, like, grass and leaves and things. So the textiles were really interesting, yeah. too. And the tattooing. And yeah. they just, and, and I liked the way they didn't um, stop and explain, like... Like, we're doing this dance because, like, they didn't, yeah. it was just there. You were just, like, in this culture, and they didn't, you know, it wasn't like, here, let us guide you through it. They just sort of immersed mm-hmm. you. There's a funny with- chicken. Yes. I enjoyed the chicken a lot. <laughs> Liked the chicken a lot. Yes. So did Audrey. Yeah. Yes. Audrey loved it, too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Really cute. Um, we saw Edge of Seventeen, um, which star, which is, a, like, a coming-of-age teen drama, which stars, um... I always get her name wrong. Haley Stanfield, is it? A field or feld? I always forget. She was the lead in True Grid. Oh. Um, she's great. She's great. And Woody Harrelson's in it as one of her teachers. Um, it is... It's really well done. Like, really, really well executed, but utterly predictable coming of age. Okay. But really, really well done. So I still felt like they, they with what they had, they did a good job, but I kind of wanted to talk to the screenwriter about, like, 
dig deeper, you know, like, <laughs> try something new. Cause it was real. I mean, there's, there's even a moment in the film where someone says like, you're so predictable. I know what you're going to say next. And there were moments where, and like, I'm sitting in the theater going, well, now she's going to say this and then they're going to say that. And yeah. it was like, and I just thought, irony alert, like be less predictable. <laughs> um, but still like, well done. Um, saw Arrival with my younger son, oh, which I, I really enjoyed. It's very... It's Amy Adams, right? Yeah, now. Amy Adams. It's about, like, sort of, I don't want to say it, like, alien spaceships land on Earth in 12 locations, and Amy Adams plays a linguist who is brought in to attempt to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. with these aliens because they're not acting aggressive. They're not... do it Like, they don't understand why they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And it's very, um, I don't know, it's very trippy and ethereal and interesting. And um, and it got a stamp of approval by someone I know who's a linguist, um, who's, a, who's a college <laughs> professor, who's like, they got it right. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting and kind of thought-provoking and, and a little dreamlike and, and, you know, not your standard winter blockbuster fare, which I really enjoyed. Um and then we just saw La La Land, which is uh, with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. It's the writer-director of Whiplash, which I was pretty lukewarm about Whiplash. And with La La Land, uh, it's kind of like this like new approach to like a musical, um, but with very heavy influence of like looking back to some classic musicals. Mm-hmm. To me, the two influences that jumped out most watching it were The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which I don't know if many people have. I've seen that or, one. Or have you? Yeah, but I went through like an older musical phase when right. I was like in my mid-teens, I think. Yeah. So I'd say it's like probably most related to Umbrellas of Cherbourg in that it's like sort of a standard drama, but there's moments where people will sing. Um, whereas in Umbrellas of Cherbourg, all the dialogue is sung. Yeah. But it's very also pretty. sung in a very unstudied not very polished way. Yeah. And they do the same thing with La La Land. Um, and, and then also I felt like I couldn't avoid, there was a lot of, I'm singing the rain is one of my favorite movies. And there were a lot of things in there that were definitely reminiscent of that. They were sort of reaching back to some like older Hollywood. Ryan Gosling is a singer. Fine. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's <laughs> they're, very unsteady. They're not like, like super they're professional. Not, I mean, Emma Stone, yeah. they're, neither of them are like, you're not walking away from that going like, what a voice. Cause it's yeah. not even that, it's not even that effort being made. It's this very kind of naturalistic, unstudied, like hmm. it's more, for me, it was more about like, um, a feeling and like a reflection of, yeah, of like of an emotional place than about like, yeah, like love the pipes on them kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's it. It wasn't like you're not going to walk away going. I did not know that they were so great at that. Um, and so the performances are really good. I just feel though like the first half is just like totally enchanting and delightful, and then it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, so in the end, I really really liked it, but I didn't love it, and I feel a little disappointed. Like I just wish they had had a bigger idea beyond this like general conceit, like that the meat of the story they were trying to tell was a little bit juicier than, um, what they, you know, that they were using this vehicle of the musical or people suddenly like breaking into dance numbers. Um, and West sort of felt like maybe it was almost more like Bollywood in the way that like the musical interludes or dance doesn't don't always um, serve the plot in any oh, way. Okay, they just and happen. again, there's sort of more. I feel like a reflection of of mood, um, and um, but yeah, I didn't really feel like I wish it had gone somewhere a little bit more. Okay. Also, theater filled with senior citizens who talked through the whole movie <laughs> and even had someone whose phone rang endlessly during, like, the final oh thing. So rude. I was just like, Ugh. so rude. Um, but wait, but I've watched a ton of television, too, and I just want to call out a few things. One, someone, um, Laura Lee Beltman had recommended to me on Facebook on some rainy day off, like, I'm sitting here knitting and I want to watch something. She said, watch The Detectorists, or just Detectorists. Um, and you can watch it on Netflix. It's a British series about guys who are metal detector enthusiasts. <laughs> and it's 
adorable. <laughs> it's like the perfect rainy day knitting oh. TV show. It's really funny. Down. It's really silly. Um, it's Mackenzie Crook, who's the um, who's Gareth in the original UK Office, and okay. um, Toby Jones. Um, and it's just really funny. So it's like I it was recommended to me, and I loved it, and I bombed through it. I think there's only. I think there's only like 10 or 12 episodes total. Mm-hmm. There's like two seasons, but it's a UK show. So they're, it's really short and they're half hour ones. Um, I watched the crown on Netflix, which is about like the early part of princess, um, or, excuse me, queen Elizabeth's reign as a monarch and her relationship to Churchill. Um, which I thought they did well and was interesting. Um, and then, uh, what was the other thing? Watched, um, Oh, and I just finished watching the OA. I just finished it, too. So many questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, none that we can discuss. But no. Yeah, so it's the OA. It's about a woman is found after being missing for seven years. And when she went missing, she was blind. And when she's found, she has sight. Mm-hmm. And she won't tell anyone where she's been or what's happened to her. But she ends up bonding with this group of people. Kind of misfit students and one adult. Yeah, you know? and then telling them her story. So you're seeing her story in flashback and you're like never sure. Well, this is the thing. It's like, it doesn't, it did for me. It didn't hold together. It's like, there are things that you don't know, but there's things that are actually concrete that What's you it know. Called? Um, uh, something narrator, um, unreliable, narrator. unreliable narrator. Yeah. She is that she is totally <laughs> that. But then it, when it was all over, I was like, Wait, but like there were things though that you know actually happened that like that you as a viewer like see happen and like anyway. It's hard to it's it really hard to reconcile together. what is actual truth with the truth that she believes. Yeah. It's a little it's a little nutty. Yeah. Um, but it kind of it's felt- definitely science fiction, but it's not like spacey science fiction, although there is some talk about like dimensions. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, I felt like it was like stranger things mixed with sensate <laughs> mixed yeah. with, I don't know what, um, you know, you've got a kind of like the neighborhood group of kids and then this yeah. sort of supernatural being. I was like, it reminded me of something yesterday and now I can't remember what it was. But yeah, but. when it was all over, I was like, did that actually do anything? Like, I don't know. I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was really interesting. I was intrigued. I was like waiting like, okay, okay. And then it ended and I'm like, I need to talk to someone right now about what I just watched because I'm so confused. Uh, yeah. The, all the actors are good and the way the the way that it's done, even though a lot of it's kind of flashback and it's, it's done flashback storytelling. Um this is weird. There's some modern dance in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but everyone was good. Um, if you watch The Walking Dead, Herschel, Herschel from The Walking Dead is the dad. Um, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's interesting and everyone is good. So and if you like science fiction and weird stuff, right. then definitely... And I like plowed through it. Oh, also the episodes are different lengths. Like one was an hour and one was like 30 minutes. I think there are eight oh, of them. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I um, bombed through it. Like I had like two days. I watched it I yesterday. Watched thing. I watched <laughs> it yesterday. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I also watched, I did some, like a, a, a little crime drama mop up where I watched the final bit of Luther. Uh, and then I watched the last season of the fall. Oh yeah. Um, and that's weird. Luther, I feel like has been diminishing returns after like season two. And, but you know, it's like, and a couple of hours with Idris Elba is still not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, not bad um, at all. And the fall was still really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I hope they finally I like that, just wrap it all up. I think and, so. I like yeah. how they ended it actually. Yeah. So, um, I saw Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I saw two movies in the theater in like a week. It was Ooh. crazy. Uh, I saw Rogue One and I liked it. I thought everyone was good. I love, again, love having a strong female lead. Um, it was fun. I, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like I wasn't watching the trailers. I didn't, I don't have a TV. I didn't see any of the lead up to it, any of the promotion stuff. So I just went into it kind of like, it's a prequel to episode four kind of thing. Um, and I really liked it. So said he felt like it was the best 
Star Wars that wasn't part of the original trilogy. Like, he really, like, for oh, yeah. him, he liked it the most. But he took his dad to see it. But, like, I, yeah, I'm not a Star Wars person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Noah's company, like, rented a theater. And it was, oh, like, fun. one of those 21 over theaters. Oh, yeah. Um, so I left work early. <laughs> Ditch work and had a couple beers and some pizza in the afternoon. Cool. So, you know, maybe that added to my enjoyment. But everyone I know has been liking it. Yeah, it's good. I wouldn't, like, go pay to go see it again in a theater, Mm -hmm. but I might buy it when it comes out on video, just because I like to have all of the series kind of thing. Um, And then the other thing I watched, which I finished watching yesterday, because I only had about half an episode left, was Crazy Head, which is on Netflix. What? It's a British British series about girl, well, the main girl, Rochelle, and she meets another girl, and they can see demons. So it's a little bit Buffy. It's kind of a comedy with, like, demons in it. Um, so basically they become friends because, I can't remember her name, the blonde girl, her friend becomes possessed. And the, the thing is, is that... Demons can possess pretty much anybody, and they're just walking around, but only certain people can see, like, the demon side of these people. Um, And they just function in their normal lives, but the people happen to be possessed. And sometimes they possess people and make them do bad things. But it's a a comedy. Um, All right. (laughs) It's not super gory and gross. It's kind of like cabin in the woods type humor, Mm -hmm. which there's like a little bit of gross stuff, but not a lot. But Rochelle, the lead is hilarious. And yeah, I really liked it. I enjoyed (laughs) it. I think there are eight episodes. Yeah. I think there are eight episodes and there it's a Netflix show or Netflix is the one, you know, distributing it or whatever. So the girls can see demons, but the blonde girl, whose name I keep forgetting, she doesn't know that that's what's going on. She just thinks she's crazy. So at the very Uh, beginning, she's coming, again, coming out of some kind of, um, like, treatment facility and being told to take all this medication. She just happens to meet Rochelle, and then, like, their adventures together begin. And there's a lot of kind of awkward, funny humor, and, like, it is kind of like Buffy, where... They have kind of small missions every episode, but there's an overall story okay. arc to it. Cool. But I recommend it. And the, the music is good, too. That's good. Yeah. So, that is me. All right. We managed to get through that, like, really fast. I thought we were going to go on for I thought we were going to do, like, hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I left a lot of stuff off yeah. my watch list because I watched a lot more stuff than that. But, all right. Well... We got caught up. Good for us. <laughs> Hopefully we'll Wrap see you in January. Up for the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I hope everybody had a great holiday season and a happy new year. And we'll talk to you soon. for sticking with us. I know. We're a little erratic, but yeah, we'll, we'll be with you soon. So you'll find show notes at doublenet.net and you can find us on our Ravelry group of Doublenet podcast fans. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.